0: Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. I have a long show for you guys today. I think it's gonna be long. I don't know; the script is pretty long. I guess we'll find out. Anyway, today we will start with the launch of Real Rant Hours, a new segment ranting about this time Lifehacker.com and later case. Then we will talk about Google and launching Real Stadia Hours, and. We will also look at JBL's solar-powered headphones, Coca-Cola's Insider's Club, Sony's back button attachment, and is concept phone announcement. Oh my goodness. Then we will end with real prediction hours focusing on the future of Roku and Google Stadia. As always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter, at realtechhours, to stay up to date with the podcast. Just to start, sorry for the delay on this episode. Extremely busy these last couple days, and I just finished the script last night, but I did not want to stay up past midnight recording an episode. Um, so here we are on a Wednesday, early in the morning. Bright and early, let's get it. Let's get a. Let's just jump right into it. First up, real rant hours. As I said, that's right. Your boys come up with another catchy segment title to add to the list of growing segments that don't always occur. Real rant hours will be just that: me ranting for a little bit in a dedicated segment, so you know it's coming, and you can feed off this energy. What will I rant about first? Lifehacker.com. God, I hate. Oh my lord! I've always hated Lifehacker.com, but I really started. But it really started way back when uh, President Trump was going to test the national alert system. So putting aside how you feel about the man in that whole situation, a national alert system that gets sent to your phone, kind of like an Amber alert, it's not a bad idea. Testing is certainly no issue either at UCF, where I'm currently enrolled. They have a campus alert system for emergencies such as severe weather, fires on campus, incidents, and uh, other such activities that occur every so often. And about twice a semester, they send a test out on the system. Testing a national alert system, which will only be used in dire case situations, and has not been tested insofar as I am aware in quite some time, can't possibly be that bad. But leave it to lifehacker.com to put together an article detailing how to avoid getting a text directly from President Trump, because clearly he's going to move from Twitter to the, t- to the text alert system. How far down the hole do you have to be to feel the need to avoid one of these texts? I mean, my God, the, these these people are the same people, I bet you, who expect other people to know the council on them if they don't answer their texts. Like, God bless, man. I... Oh, man. Ay, ay, ay. Anyways, we gotta keep going, because this isn't over yet. Today, they got another doozy for you. You don't want to try Microsoft's new and reportedly highly improved Chromium-based browser? Fear not. Lifehacker.com has a handy article detailing some of the ways you can avoid it through updates. Like, really? Is a replacement for. I, I got a couple of questions for you guys over at Lifehacker.com. Is a replacement for Edge, one that you might actually like and use since it will be similar to Chrome, all that bad? Do you hate improving performance that much? Is potentially having to go back in your settings and change to your default browser that hard that you need to block anything that could cause you any minor inconvenience? Grow up. Uh, that's all I got for them. Now onto a topic we're about. In a hot take, when we tried the Popeyes chicken sandwich, the tech community. So the tech community has been a safe haven for many for a while, but alas, all good things must come to an end. I finally figured out why I have been feeling the space has become more toxic recently. The clout chasers have arrived, or maybe I just haven't noticed them, but maybe, or maybe they're getting louder. I don't know. You can bet every dollar in your bank account. I'm going to call people out. Let's roll the list. We got I've wrote down some channel names here. Alright? Pro- I've never heard of any of these people by the way up until this. Trent and Marshall. We got Manix. We got Memology one oh one. Memology one oh one seems pretty big. The quartering. Travis MCP and Greg's gadgets, specifically their gadget cast podcast, where they talked about it after everything was revealed and then still doubled down. Mostly Greg's gadgets though. He tried to pass it off as oh we were we weren't jumping on Bandwagon. These were the facts, and then Travis MCP was okay after the fact, but still didn't approve of how Lou handled it afterwards. Which is yeah, yeah. oh boy, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. All right. So what happened? For those of you who don't know what happened, here's the story. On November thirtieth, Unbox Therapy posted a video introducing a later case, a new product. People noticed similarities between that case and the Pitaka case, namely in the materials used and uh, the the general design. The case was supposed to be ultra thin. Um, and uh, provide you, you know, just a little bit of, of protection, not a whole lot. So, Clout Chasers bandwagon, and spam videos about how later cases are ripoff and Lou's a cheat stole Pataka's idea. Lou, uh, sorry, no, Pataka's CEO then joins in at this point, and tweets up a storm about how Lou stole that idea, acts like a complete victim. Right? This man is sitting up, tweets every hour on the hour, it feels like. Lou then releases Lou Later Explains video detailing the process of creating the cases. Very detailed, discuss the stamps and final products, all the different changes they made, how many times they they, tr- they went back and forth between um, Canada and China where their manufacturer is at like f- three or four times or something like that um, over the course of like seven or eight months. Uh, and then at the very end, Lou says he tried to reach out to various manufacturers at like literally the last minute or so last minute or two. Lou says he tried to reach out to various manufacturers to work something together. And it's like people completely blew over this, didn't even pay attention. People were still bandwagoning at this point, tons of videos still coming out, all this kind of stuff. So then here we have Onbox Therapy releases on the main channel The Truth About Later Case on December 13th. He explains how Pataka wasn't the first to make such a case, Uh, Evotech was actually. Uh, So discussed working with them but their minimum orders were too high obviously he talks about trying to reach out to Pataka as well and trying to set up something he then discusses how he reached out to Pataka again specifically to their CEO saying that this wasn't the way to handle it and that he needed to stop after he started tweeting in like insane amounts uh, you know trying to bash um, Unbox Therapy trying to bash Lou, trying to bash the later case all that other kind of stuff uh, and then, as far as I've checked, even since the, the release of this video, CEO has continued to double down time and time again on his claims, most recently on 15th. Uh, since this, few who made initial videos have yet to say anything. Most of them are claiming they did a favor, like the Gadget Cash Schmucks, by asking the real questions that needed to be answered. Oh, well, uh. wow. How how angry need to be? I, I mean, this is so ridiculous. If you make videos and don't go back and correct yourself and prove it wrong, I hope you rot. I mean, especially hate the CEO, of this Pataga, this ga- this James guy, such a nasty person. I got a tweet here that I quoted, um, for a little bit of context. He uh, on Unbox Therapy's channel, Lou, or or somebody who works with him, privated two videos. And, one, and it, this was part of the big scandal. Okay, people were like, oh, he privated these two videos. they have to be the Pitaka case reviews. That's why he's privating them. Is because he doesn't want them out there. Lou goes on to explain that if you are going to make a case, you don't want to promote competition. <laughs> you don't want to promote your competitors when you're trying to sell this product. And he then goes also on to explain that uh, Pitaka was using this video as free marketing. while he says he doesn't really care necessarily, but because it's a competitor and it's now he's competing directly against him he doesn't want them to use that video of him because he has his own case and here he is promoting their case. So anyways, he removes it, he copy strikes their video that they did and, and recorded, which was, you know, kind of illegal actually on the Patakas part, but anyways, we're not gonna get into that. So the CEO tweeted somebody tweeted at him, you know, why uh, you know, what about the using the video? And he's, his reply is this. We are not the only ones, this is a direct quote from his Twitter. We are not the only ones who use such videos for marketing. Brands believe they can use reviews from influencers. We will improve on this part. By the way, he could have contacted us any time over the last two years, but he doesn't have any connection with the fact he made an identical case. Oh my God. Oh my god! 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 This is obviously after the later case, or the truth about later case video comes out on Unbox Therapy on the 13th. This is tweeted on the same day. Um, how stupid do you have to be to commit copyright infringement and uh, then say, "Oh, well, others did it. Oh, well, others did it. Uh, you know, somebody else is over here doing it and, and, and taking these videos and using them as, as free marketing, and we're not gonna we're not gonna pay him a dime." But others did it, so we can do it, right? Oh, and any he, he could have contacted us. You know, he could have... You know, it's on him to reach out to us and say, Hey, don't use my video in this way. Really? Really? No, it's not. If somebody creates something and you go out and you take it without permission, then you're infringing on their copyright. All YouTube videos are by... You know, YouTube's legal definition one, ownership of the creator, and two, uh, YouTube has some ownership there too because you're uploading it on their platform. So, um, uh, I really want to know where the CEO Pataka gets off and, and says that he can come in here and do this um, for free. And because other people are doing it. Obviously, that's, that's a, the end all be all excuse gets you out of everything. Just because other people are doing it. You know? I can't believe this person runs a company anywhere on the face of this planet. What a waste of absolute time and space. It's like, God bless, get out of here. Anyways, let's get into the real stuff for today. we got a lot of news, starting with another segment. But it's a regular segment, really on ours. So what do we have for Tesla today? Let's jump in with the fact that the Tesla stock is close to breaking. It's all Time high. Renewed talks in Congress about expanding the EV tax credit have propelled the stock even higher than it already has been. Just today alone, it was only 27 cents short. Sorry, this was as of writing last night. Uh, it was 27 cents short at 2 at 3.83 twenty three at three hundred and eighty three dollars and twenty three cents from the record high of three hundred and eighty three dollars and fifty cents, with last night's close being at three hundred and seventy eight dollars and ninety nine cents. The discussion is around expanding the hundred thousand car limit upwards by four hundred thousand, making it half a million. While this sounds like a lot, many predict that this would only cover Tesla for at most two more years considering current growth in demand and delivery capacity. This would mean only the Model Y would see the benefits and Cybertruck would be left out as it wouldn't arrive soon enough. Tesla has also released a giant home power system targeting at homes that are 4,000 plus square feet and average around 340 to 460 per month on their electric wheel. The total cost of the new option is 39, oh, 39093 which drops down to twenty-seven thousand three hundred sixty-five dollars after incentives. um So one, I hope they do expand the EV tax credit. That'd be super dope. I'm planning on buying my Tesla within the next two years, so that'd be awesome. Um, I'd love to see that, especially with four hundred thousand, half a million cars out there. I mean, it should be expanded indefinitely, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And then, uh, new sales of gasoline vehicles should be taxed to to offset the cost, but I, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, anyways, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in a later, later podcast, finally, let's see how Porsche is doing with the Taycan, oh, hold on, wait a minute, I, I'm getting a call, sorry about this, yeah, hello, what, Porsche Taycan Turbo is not doing well, it's actually harder to make an EV than it looks, who could have guessed, its range is only 201 miles according to the EPA. It costs how much? One hundred fifty thousand nine hundred dollars is the base price, while a stacked Model S Long Range with three hundred seventy-three miles, according to the EPA, EPA twenty-one-inch specialty wheels and autopilot is only ninety-one thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Ain't that something? Wow, well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, sorry again. Hate to answer. Uh, hate to not answer a call, even if it's during the podcast. Um, but with all of that out of the way, let's jump. Let's jump it to. Let's jump to Google. First up is that Google released a new HDMI 2.1 box to jumpstart the next generation of Android TV. While this box is only available for developers currently, it could potentially make its way to market. At the bottom of an announcement pointed out that Google has plans in store to begin pushing hard into this space. And while this box might not be consumer ready, that one. Uh, oh, might not be consumer ready. One that was. Is coming sooner rather than later. So you know what, what? So then, why are they pushing this box out? It's mainly for developers to help them make their own boxes. You know, people like uh, Roku and and and, and, and uh, Samsung and. Uh, Comcast and, and AT&T and anybody who's making a streaming device and they want to use Android TVs as, as their operating system, or they want to use Android as an operating system, obviously with the release of Android 10 on Android TV is not a big change, but but obviously some big stuff is coming and Google's pushing this out. They're saying, hey, some big stuff's coming. You're going to want to use this as the as the basis. You're going to want to look at this and and, and you know take take some uh, notes from this and and figure it out. So yeah, so that it'd be pretty interesting. I'd be interested in in a Google-style Fire TV, Roku, stick, device. Uh, That'd be kind of lit. Real Stadia hours. Real Stadia hours. (laughs) Since I talk about Stadia every single week, I might as well give it its own segment. God bless, this week's stadium News actually points back to last Tuesday when Destiny 2 released this new season of the Dawn update. All Stadia players had instant access at launch, while console and PC players had to update, with some updates failing the first time around. Who could have guessed? This might just be the future. Um, yeah, so a couple articles, or actually not a couple articles. I just saw one article on this, and it was from... Uh, I believe it was Android Central, I don't know, I don't remember off the top of my head, I didn't save the article, but basically they were saying, you know, uh, Stadia players were jumping on immediately as soon as the update was available, because, you know, with Stadia you don't have to update, it's instant, and it's ready, and it's over the cloud. Wow, ain't that something. Stadia also released Borderlands 3 on the platform, both the standard and special, and both the standard and special editions are on sale, I checked last night, $39, uh, up into, through, like, January 8th or 7th or something like that. They also released Dragon Ball 2 Xenoverse and are adding Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint today, the 18th. Breakpoint will be the first game to launch the new Stream Connect feature, Google Teased, which will allow you to see your teammates' screens so you can better coordinate. A teaser image shows the player screens with three smaller viewpoints in the top right hand corner, each in their own box. It's actually pretty dope. You can see your own screen, obviously, in front of you, and then in your top right hand corner you can see uh, you know, another player, and then just below them another player, and just below them another player. It only looked like it took up. It only looked like it was about to, like the middle of the screen. I'm um, starting at the top and working their way down. So it's. I, I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to. You know, take up a whole lot of space, and uh, obviously you need to see your own screen, but it's a pretty cool idea. It's pretty dope. You know, you can see. You can still. Um, be linked up by party and be talking but then at this point you don't need to you can if not somebody doesn't have a headset they can still work well with you guys and figure out what's going on Um, yeah so honestly it's pretty dope so next, let's blast through all the miscellaneous articles before looking at our final topic today. JBL is releasing solar-powered headphones in a Kickstarter campaign. A pledge of $99 gets you the ability to receive a pair of headphones from JBL that will charge using the sun and some indoor lights. The expected ship date is October 2020. They claim that wearing the headphones for 2.5 hours a day outside will be long enough to give the user virtually unlimited playtime. Indoor charging will be slower since it won't be as bright outdoors kind of cool kind of dope people have done similar other things in the past it'll just be kind of interesting to see if they even bring them out um it is a kickstarter campaign obviously and um, i didn't check the numbers to see how many people pledged to it but you know 99 is not a, is a very low bar for some c- can, especially considering most kickstarter campaigns for tech are, are pretty high most of the time but anyways it'll be interesting interesting to see next up Coca-Cola launched their own subscription service, Insider's Club, a $10 per month subscription, launched on May, offering the first 1,000 people to sign up a chance to taste test new products coming in 2020. Coca-Cola plans to release 20-plus new beverages next year and will use Insider's Club as a way to test and introduce some of the new products. Starting in January and running for six months, the test will send Insiders Club members beverages every month, which can include anything that the company currently makes or plans to release. I I don't know. This was kind of interesting when I saw this news. uh, You know, I was chilling in the car and I was reading the article and I was like, "Wow, you know, I I don't drink soda anymore, so uh, it wouldn't have been for me. But I would have signed up if somebody would have drank soda, and then I would have, if I'd known when it was ready, because it was only the first thousand people." And um, yeah, obviously it's sold out pretty fast and there's a pretty big wait list obviously that you know they're just gauging the market to see how people will react to something like this. But you know, I think it'll be a big success. Coca Cola is doing a lot of moves, making a lot of money. They're up like six percent or something like that recently in revenue. So, you know, it's it's a tough time for soda industry right now and, and Coca Cola is still making still gaining ground, so good on them. Sony added a new Announced a new add on for DualShock 4 controllers, which adds two paddles to the back of the controller. The back button attachment, as it's called, will feature an OLED screen, which will allow users to quickly cycle between three saved mapping setups. The device will also work with PSVR games and will cost $30 when it launches on January 23rd. Um, So, obviously, there are a lot of aftermarket products that are similar to this, but most of them are not $30. I can tell you that right now. Most of them are usually a lot more expensive than this. Um. Yeah. So this is pretty interesting. You know, the being able to bring it, especially with the little screen on it to switch in between saved things. That's kind of dope. Cause normally you have to go into like settings somewhere or something like that, and gotta reprogram it. Um. So it'd be interesting. I, I might. I might look into this one. OnePlus has announced that they will be unveiling a new concept phone at CES 2020. The device is said to be their next step in innovating the smartphone market, being the leader in many smartphone changes. Most recently, being the first to introduce 90Hz screens and starting that revolution, they plan to make a whole lineup of concept phones. The OnePlus concept line will aim to bring users, quote, an even smoother, faster, and more burdenless experience, uh, end quote, while it, quote, demonstrates a vision of both new technology and an alternate design approach for the future of smartphones." End quote. It's gonna be interesting OnePlus always does radical stuff and it always catches on like they did with the all-screen designs. Those went industry-wide. I mean OnePlus is basically the new Apple where they do something and everybody else copies. 90-hertz screen people are copying. All-screen design people are copying. I mean you know maybe they weren't the first all-screen design but they were th- they were like one of the biggest ones to jump in, you know, at the very beginning. And a lot of people remember, you know, the pop-up selfie camera on the OnePlus. And that was their, you know, first exposure to an all-screen phone because they're so mainstream now at this point. It's crazy how, how fast OnePlus is growing, you know. It, especially back when I first learned about them, they were very still very small and whatnot, but, it, you know, it's cool, it's cool. Finally, today, let's take a look at Amazon. Amazon is positioned to launch an, a home internet service following the same model as SpaceX. Amazon will launch a system of satellites into low Earth orbit that will provide internet access to people. This is an interesting idea, which we will revisit another time because I've got some ideas about this announcement that feed into it, or that this announcement feeds into. Um, but I mention this because it's important for our next topic, which is looking again at Roku and how competitors are moving in on their market. Roku's stock price has continued to fall, currently at $135.28. More importantly, we are seeing increasing competition in space. Obviously Samsung has its own OS which is used on TVs, Google's closing in, Amazon is increasing its vertical reach. So what's the move? It's time for Real Prediction Hours to come to the rescue. Here is the play Roku currently sits at $15.97 billion market cap, which is slowly you know, decreasing over, uh, over these last couple weeks. Netflix is distracted by slightly declining engagement and original and, and you know creation of original content, cutting original content, you know making sure that their original content is where they want it to be. Here it is: Disney will acquire Roku within the next two years to boost its reach and better control user experience and distribution of Disney Plus. So why Disney? They already have a big promotion with Hulu. When purchasing a Roku device, you get you know you get a certain amount of Hulu for free whenever you buy a new Roku device. Um, you even get a free trial before you even have to buy one, and Disney has capital and brand to seize the opportunity. I see this as happening. This is going to be my prediction: Disney's going to buy Roku within the next two years. It's going to happen. I don't see Roku um, getting to the position where they can start create uh, acquiring content creators and like di- directors and and um, hiring talent and and all these other things and opening a studio or acquiring a studio, anything like that. You know. Um, Maybe, maybe you know somebody comes out of nowhere with uh, some big financing deals for Roku, but but I don't see this happening. I see, I see Disney's buying Roku, and and that's going to be my prediction uh, around that. That is not all for predictions, though. Here's one that's kind of a leap of faith. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Google Stadia becomes a major competitor by the end of 2020. That's right. I'm gonna call it. I am calling it now. One year from now, the war will be PC versus console versus Stadia subscriber growth will expand rapidly once it opens to the public and the free version becomes available starting next year. Uh, And It it should be in the beginning of next year, by the way, I should mention spring, I believe is what they they mentioned. Um, The platform is expanding its library rapidly and introducing features which have been shown off at a much faster rate than initially expected. A lot of people were complaining about how Stadia is not feature complete at launch, how a lot of the features they were touting are not available. And yet here they are. They've dropped already Google Assistant. They just they're dropping Stream Connect today. I mean, like that's that's two things since the game is launched, and you know they just they're continuing to go sickle one. It's, it's barely it's been about a month I think. It's been just over a month. Um, but yeah, I'm calling it right now. Google Stadia goes mainstream by the end of next year, and it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Get in now. Um, you know Founders, if you know Founder, they got two buddy passes. Hit them up. So let me try it out. You gotta, you gotta, you know, have access to Chrome somewhere, something like that. But hit them up. And with that, we'll finish up today's Real Tech Hours. Today we started with the launch of Real Rant Hours, ranting about Lifehacker.com and later case. Then we talked about Google and launched real Stadia hours. We also looked at JBL's solar powered headphones, Coca-Cola's Insider's Club, Sony's back button attachment, and OnePlus's concept phone announcement. Then we ended with real prediction hours focusing on the future of Roku and Google Stadia. As always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you can also find it on Anchor.fm, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Overcast, and TuneIn. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Real Tech Hours. Stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to reach out, send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me during these Real Tech Hours, and I will catch you all next time. Peace.